We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Come on. Boston sends it to overtime. Boston starts overtime on a 5-0 run, and then the Knicks answered with a 6-0 run. Julius Randle with 37-5 and five threes. Arch Barrett. Barrett. And they take the lead years. by one. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks have not signed a free agent with this magnitude. Yeah, but you know, in a rivalry game, it doesn't matter. The records don't mean anything. Ooh. True rivalry game. Great play there by Jalen Brown. Boston up one. And then he goes oh. for two free throws down one. He misses both. Wow. You can't and the miss. image that's lasting right now is Randall all smiles. Brown was 5 for 5 from the free throw line before that. It all came down to this. A last chance by Brogdon, blocked by Brunson. That's the third straight loss for the Celtics. Knicks back-to-back wins are now 3 and 4 in overtime games. That was Boston's first loss in the Atlantic Division. Now 6 and 1, and Boston suddenly now just two and a half games up on Philly. Busy! What's up, Busy? What's up, Andrew? No, read Busy's comment because it addresses... It was good to hang out with you too. It was good to hang out with Busy as well. Shout out to the casual crew. They are my spirit animals. Trash tips all night. Point out all the stuff I normally say about him. Hashtag statement win. Much different tone on the casual crew playback. And I then had to be the stand-in and be like, hey, like there's still some good things. There's actually (laughs) something I want to throw at you. So I guess I just never realized this. So XJ alleges that the only that the Knicks offense you can't point to the, where they are in offensive rating because it's not as a result of Tibbs or anything. It's just because Mitch is an elite offensive rebounder or that they are elite at offensive rebounding. And I didn't realize that the way possessions are calculated, if you get an offensive rebound and score, then like that that counts as one possession toward your hundred possessions. So on a possession where they miss, if Mitch or whoever gets the offensive rebound and they score, then as a result, your your offensive rating could be misleading. And what Busy has been saying in Discord since he joined and what XJ was saying tonight is because they're so low in assist percentage that it's way it's because of the isolation that the offense is being held back and more ball movement would help. I alleged that if you look at how many open looks they're still getting, they're fifth in the NBA in open threes, and they make the fifth fewest threes of of any other team in the NBA. It's very much what's up with the Miami Heat is how my opinion went. So I now pose this to you. Is it misleading when we go like, yeah, you could criticize Tibbs' offense, but you know it's still top 10? Um, no, I don't think it's misleading. I think it's exactly what, what the offense is in part designed to create those offensive rebounding opportunities. Like that's part of your offense. That's not independent of, or separate and apart from your offense. That is your offense. And that's recognizing that maybe the best skill that any Nick has at anything is Mitchell Robinson's offensive rebounding. And so what do you do about that? So you build an offense, and the Credit Cats wrote an article about this, and, and, I, and, I, and I encourage anybody to go back and read this article that he wrote. The Knicks know this. They know that floaters, in particular, produce offensive rebounds, and so they encourage their players to shoot floaters because what happens is the big man who's guarding on a pick-and-roll situation has to come out to the floater because they're good at floaters, especially Jalen Brunson, 
and then the ball hits the rim soft, and Mitchell Robinson is just waiting for it. That's desi- that's by design, and that's taking advantage of your personnel. So I push back on that. I think that's not fair. You can't give Tibbs, you can't rip on Tibbs for things that are like outside his control and then say that it's not part of the design of the offense to get offensive. It is. It's part of the design of the offense. Like you could technically space Mitch out and try to clear the lane a little bit and hope for like the center has to pay attention to Mitch doing, but they purposely station Mitch there, even though it hurts spacing because they know that they're not a great shooting team, but what they are is a great offensive rebounding team. And I think that's part of what the design of the offense is. And I think you, the, the success they've had is in a large part due to that design. And I think you have to give the coach some credit for that. I also think that at times there isn't enough ball movement. Mm-hmm. Tibbs wants to win the possession battle. And he's not wrong about that either. Because again, if you don't feel like you have top, top tier talent, there are ways you win along the margins. You try to win along the margins. And one of the ways to do that is to win the possession battle. And that means getting offensive rebounds, which we talked about. And it means not turning the ball over. And it is the case that the more you pass the basketball, the more likely it is that you turn the ball over. See the Golden State Warriors who pass the ball by far more than anybody else and also turn the ball over more than anybody else. It just, as part of it, the ball's flying through the air. That means it can be taken by somebody else by definition. If one person has it, and is dribbling around and is a good ball handler like Jalen Brunson, it's probably not going to be taken away. You're going to get a shot. And so that's important to Tibbs. It's, it's foundational. To his offense has always has been to not turn the basketball over. That's why he gets more. If you watch him on the sideline, nothing ticks him off like a turnover. Nothing ticks him off like when Isaiah Hartenstein gets a rebound at the end of the third quarter and throws it to the Celtics and they hit a three because that kills a team. Like that is murder. So I get that. I get all of that. And I don't think he's wrong. And I understand the philosophy. And all of that said, I do think it's fair to say, but you still have to move the ball more. Mm -hmm. You still have, like, it's nuanced. It's both. But you still have to move the ball more, especially down the stretch. And I don't think Tibbs tells the team not to pass to open guys on the perimeter. That's on the Knicks. That's on the players. Because you hear Tibbs talk about rim reads all the time. He wants you to get there, and then he wants you to make a decision. And I've put out a couple of threads about this now. The Knicks too often don't make the correct decision. Floaters are good because they create offensive rebounds, but you don't need to take a floater. First available floater. It's going to be my new my new uh, expression. FAF, the first available floater. Okay. They take the first available floater too often. They do it, all of them. RJ, Randall, Quickly, Brunson. They all do it. First action floater. You can get a better shot and you should work for it, especially if there's an easy pass to be made. Make the freaking pass. So all of that combined, I do, I think... There's too much of an emphasis on no turnovers, which means you don't take any passing risks, which means you don't move the ball. I think down the stretch of games, Tibbs intentionally slows things down and only wants to run run action. I think that's wrong. I think that's incorrect. But this offense being what it is so far this season is a credit to all the players and also a credit to the coach because he's designed an offense that absolutely accentuates the talents that they have. He deserves credit for that. If you can't give him credit for that, you're not being objective. He deserves credit for that. There's things he needs to work on. He probably won't work on them because he's stubborn and he needs to be criticized for that as well. But like, let's just be reasonable about it. Let's be reasonable about it. He's, he's a flawed coach, but he, he's absolutely designed an offense that fits this team and has succeeded so far. I just like it to continue to the end of games, run the same stuff that you run and run it earlier at the end of games. Extremely well said. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I was I, I kind of tapped out and just let you cook for a minute. <laughs> you know, it was like like the way Tibbs calls for Jalen. Uh, Br- it was it was you being Jalen Brunson or Julius Randall. And I just RJ sat in the corner, you know? Well, there were, yeah, like like, yeah. So I, I hogged the ball there a bit and I apologize. It's like it's like when Brunson. No, takes, no it's like so it's like you when had Brunson, it cooking. It's OK. Brunson, <laughs> was that possession of the fourth quarter overtime where he just dribbled in a circle for 24 seconds? That was got the a bad end show. of the fourth. Yeah, there was multiple possessions. At the you can't end have of the that. that were you bad. can't have yeah. that stuff, guys. Come on. You can't have that stuff. Run something. Jeez. All right. That's so, my answer. What's up? With you saying all of that, let's go to the stats update because they are officially updated. Let's do it. Um, the Knicks are now ninth in offensive rating. Do oh, wow. with that information what you what you will. They're they, still ninth, I should say, in offensive rating. They've been hovering around sixth. Um, they're point 
four away from Brooklyn, who is six point five away from uh, Philadelphia, who is fifth. So do again, do with that information what it will for your narrative. Um, in defensive rating, they're down to fifteenth. Now, defensive rating is a little misleading because from the Lakers at twenty to the Timberwolves at thirteen, there's one point separating all of them. Um, so like the Knicks are hovering around one thirteen point one for hundred possessions. I think some of that's going to have to do that they're not top ten anymore because Mitchell Robinson's not there. Yeah, but then you get to the net rating. They are still ninth in the NBA in net rating, and this is uh, NBA.com by the way, not cleaning the glass. So this is not factoring out garbage time. I would argue the Knicks don't play a ton of garbage time, so this is very close to what their uh, net rating would probably be. And as far as record goes, the Knicks have the ninth best record in the NBA as well. Put it all together. They sound like the ninth best team in the league. I'd say so. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you take a step back. And if you're honest with yourself and you say, what did you expect going into the year? I didn't expect them to be the ninth best team in the league. I didn't. Um, and like they're playing really well. They've been playing really good basketball all year long, with the exception of a very few games where they really didn't play well at all. And again, I have my issues with Tom Thibodeau and there's, there's a whole different discussion to be had. Let's say that the, there's a whole different discussion to be had about like philosophically, if the Knicks are doing the right thing, trying to maximize every win as opposed to development or, or prioritizing development to guys like Obi get squeezed out and all the other stuff that goes on. And I, that's a fair discussion to have. That's not the one we're having right now. Because I think what the discussion we're having right now is, is Tibbs doing the right things to win basketball games? And I think overall, the answer has to be yes right now. Not mm. to say that it's perfect. But like, overall, the answer has to be yes right now. I, I don't know how it's not. If you, What coach is in there like that you think he, they'd be seven, eight games over 500? Like, what are we talking about? If we're being really honest. And I have so many issues with some of the things he does, like Cam being banished and the way he's either you're in the rotation or you can't ever get in. You might as well sit in the freaking locker room on the toilet because you're never getting in the game. Like I have an issue with that. Like, again, I'm not, I am not like, um, he he's above criticism. He's not. And I criticize him all the time. I mean, you just follow me on Twitter to know I criticize dude all the time. I just think if you're being objective about where they are right now and how they played, uh, I can't. I, I would be. I would be lying to myself if I said some other coach comes in and they'd be ten games over five hundred. I mean, that's crazy. Mm. They're not that good. They're good. They have talent. But like, let's be reasonable about it. Anyway, let's let's move on to the next subject. Don, I, I appreciate <laughs> you you getting all that out. I think it's extremely well said. And you know, thankfully they won tonight because then. There would be a much different vibes on the post game. Oh man, listen, had. just just for my first my debut, it needed to be good vibes. I was thinking that. There Could've you been, go. Yeah. All right. Thanks, busy for the question, Harry Donert. Thank you for the conversation, Harry. Best Knicks win since the 2012 2013 season, guys. They won a playoff game. <laughs> they won a playoff game two years ago. I will not put a regular season win over a game two win over the Hawks when I felt like they could actually win the series. They almost won game one. They won game two. Um, so I'm not going to get that carried away. Regular season win. That's fair. Uh, you know, there were some really good. I mean, the Cleveland win this year was great. The Boston win last year, both Boston wins last year were amazing. Um, can I help here? Please. So this is where we have to remember the we here season and how many great wins like this, where they came away. New, New Orleans is one. New Orleans is one. There's yeah. a Memphis game. That's a big one. There's yeah. a Dallas. RJ, 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 Dallas. Finished, RJ finished over John Morant down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Very There's vividly, the, the, yeah. the, the both Memphis wins, the one in Memphis where they yeah. got a bunch of technicals and Ja got tossed. And the first one started the winning streak where this hoodie yes. became legendary. Yes. Um, and RJ hit three free throws and then a layup, like you said, yes. um, in overtime. No, um, that's true. Yeah, so there's so many from the We Here season. Having said that, this is up there. And this, as it's playing out, will probably require... Like, when you when you go to the best win since blank, you have to give it some time. Like Because we would have said the opening night win last year was the best win since blank, and then it turned out to just be like a random win in a lost season. Right. You know? Same right. thing for the RJ Buzzer. I do think, I do think uh, there weren't full crowds then, right? Two years ago? 
No, two years ago was the the empty gyms to then yeah. partial crowds to right. then the playoffs. So like, there is something yeah. to like in Boston Garden. Oh yeah, a full a full crowd as like a best win. Like when you talk about best win, like if man winning in Boston like that mm-hmm. on national television, it's, it's up there, man. Did you catch any of the pregame? I heard that. I, I saw tweets about it. I, I, I just so it's funny is we fixed. got on early enough to see it. We got on early enough to see Shaq and. Charles roasting the Knicks, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Like he, he Shaq called Julius Randall Zach Randolph. <laughs> he called it that. Like, yeah, <laughs> Julius Randolph, or he called yeah, him Zach Julius, Randolph? or whatever. He called him Randolph, and it's like, <laughs> "What are we doing?" Here, he, I mean, last night he had, or t- Tuesday night he admitted that he only knows the top ten players. He doesn't know anybody else's name. Right. So he didn't know who Rui Rachimura was. Look. I'm guess I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to uh, dwell on this, but so I think the point you're going to make is that they're entertaining when they're not talking about your team. You, you know? watch, right? Ex- you watch inside the NBA as you watch the Late Show with with uh, with Conan O'Brien or whoever or Jimmy Fallon or whoever you watch it with. Like that's why you watch inside the NBA because it's entertaining. You love those guys; they're funny. They run to the screen. They push each other into trees. Snow falls on Shaq's head. Like like it's it's a variety show. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. Kenny I, Smith gets up there yeah. and like there are 700 people on Twitter who could break down a play better than Kenny Smith does on the, on the screen, on the big screen. It has nothing to do with basketball. One, one but of, I laugh at them. I think they're funny. One of those people is hosting the Knicks film school post game show tonight. So uh, there are five people at Knicks film school who could break down a play better than Kenny Smith. But yes, I take, agree on one of them. I'm going to take that. I, I, I was say take the compliment. <laughs> there you go. R- Rui Huchimama. Yeah. Ray, uh, yeah Rui Huchimama. They called him. Exactly. All right. Robert Cross is back. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. Is it fair and reasonable to say, I farts, that the Knicks are a dark horse for the Eastern Conference Finals? If so, why do you think so? 53 wins. No, I don't. Well, they are a dark horse. They're very dark. They're they're such a dark horse, you can't even see them. If that's what you mean, Robert. Um, But, hey, that's not... We could all measure the successful seasons differently. I think so far it's been a successful season. And I just want it to continue to be. Thanks, Robert. Dylan Chop Charles. Yo, J-Mac, I'm back. Oh, Dylan didn't get the memo. It's awkward. Uh, sorry, Dylan. Or oh, I should say Dillian. Sorry. I didn't see the extra I there. Um, it's not J-Mac. It's, it's Ben. It's me, Ben. Um, but I will answer your question on tonight's forgotten play at three ten in the third quarter. Randall junks on dunks on JT. <laughs> Whoops. And the following play JB crosses up Williams and phase for a two, both all-stars in my eyes. What a game. Yes. Well, it wasn't forgotten. Cause I did bring it up earlier when we were talking about the three top plays was Randall's dunk, but you are right. You are right. That Jalen Brunson's move on Rob Williams to step back two was dirty. And Brunson had another move that I don't think he made the shot. Maybe he got called for a foul or they got the offensive rebound. I can't quite remember now. I think, yeah, Hartenstein got the tip in. Brunson had a in and out dribble on Jalen Brown that sent Jalen Brown into another zip code, man. It was such a sick move. Unfortunately, he missed a floater, but there was iHeart because guess what? Floaters produce offensive rebounds. And that was an example of one. Um, yeah, thanks, Dylan. Great, great plays to call out because those were two awesome ones. Thanks. Stephen B. Guame. Thank you for the contribution, the generous contribution. Easily the best W of the season. Feel better, Macri. Yes, feel better, Jonathan Macri. We love you. We want you to feel well. And uh, you'll be back here in no time, crushing it as you always do. And yes, easily the best W of the season. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't think there's any question about that. Thank you. Nicholas Sang. Thank you for the contribution. I want to get a picture of that OB step back three. Oh, we forgot about the OB step back three. Thank you for that. That's a good reminder. Tattooed on the inside of my eyelids. <laughs> Great game. The late game collapses are bad, but I'm glad they're learning how to overcome them. Absolutely. Small steps. You win this game. You win this game. W is a W. OB Toppin, I thought, played very well tonight. You know, he, he, it was interesting. He got... It was interesting to me that he got 10 minutes in the first half. Let me see. He finished with 16. So he got 16. He got six minutes in the second half. He was plus 19 in this game. Hello. Top. The, yeah. Best on the team. The Knicks beat the Celtics by 19 when Obi Toppin was in the game, guys. Um, I thought he played really well on both ends. I thought he made some good defensive plays. 
That step back three was beautiful. And what set it up was such a lovely play by Emmanuel quickly, who's developing a nice chemistry now with, with his centers and high hard in particular. He, he faked the step back. He pump faked it. Guy jumped quick, give and go with his big, got it back. Defense collapsed, kicked to the corner to Obi pump faked the first guy out of his shoes and knocked down the three. Um, Obi's playing really good basketball. It's hard to do it in the amount of time that he's doing it. It's hard to be that effective in 10 to 15 minutes a game. It's unfortunate that that's the situation, but it is the situation and good on him to come back and start making that impact again. Like really good on him because um, I could see him sulking now. I, you know, I could see him wanting to get the hell out of here and he's making an impact now in a very short amount of time in a short stint. It was weird that he played t- 10 first half minutes, cause, especially because Julius was playing so great. Not that I'm upset about it. I'm not. Uh, I don't mind that at all, but it was just interesting. Uh, I think he got stuck at the scores table there for about a two minute stretch because the game just kept going on. But um, yes, thank you for reminding me of that Obi step back. That was pretty sweet. MK21. Benji Stream. You do a great job, bro. LFG and YK. Let's keep it on the abbreviation, the, the acronyms. Um, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying my best out here. Um, this, is, this, is the, this is the big time. Guys, I made it. Um, this is fun. Thanks, MK. Appreciate the contribution. Dan Hidalgo. Thank you, sir, for the contribution. The basketball gods owed us this one from Dallas. Not just Dallas, Dan. Dallas, Chicago. What else? There are a couple other ones that I'm missing right now that I can't think of. There have been enough games where they, where we could have pulled it out and we didn't. Um, so we definitely were owed one. Um, oh, Portland. We were definitely owed one and we got it tonight. Uh, thanks, Dan. Sheldon Gomes. One uh, Deuce McBride non-box score impact game alert. Thank you for shouting out Deuce. Thank you for shouting out Deuce because I don't think I mentioned him yet. And that's just a function of like there's a lot to talk about and like Deuce gets the least time on this team. He played 13 minutes plus 11 in those minutes. His defense tonight was so good. So tough and good. And as I said, where did I say it? I don't know where I said it, wherever I said it. There have been small improvements in Deuce's offensive game. He still can't make a damn shot. It's frustrating. I think it'll come because I think he can shoot. But the, his forays into the paint right now, catch and go, drawing fouls, making the next pass, that's stuff that he wasn't doing when he first got here. And it's really good to see. That's what, look, develop, he had three steals tonight, Deuce. Three steals. Awesome. Like, development is sometimes hard. You see it with RJ right now with the ups and downs. Depending on the player and the level of talent, like with Deuce, there's a lot to work on. But you keep playing the guy, and if you believe in him and you give him some opportunity... Development happens. It just does. And it might be small and it might be incremental. But what you're seeing with Deuce McBride is slowly gaining confidence of getting into the paint and making a play. And you love to see that. And and when he brings that defense like he did tonight, and it hasn't been always great as defense. I do want to say that. It hasn't been constantly great. Sometimes he gets exposed because of his size. Didn't tonight. Tonight he was everywhere. Um, and you love to see that. So thank you for shouting out Deuce McBride. Absolutely. A non-box score impact. That's a great comment, Sheldon. Thank you. Busy's back. Two down, one to go on my prediction. Hashtag statement win. Hashtag we the best. Hashtag the week that gets us to all-stars. I assume, Busy, and I'm sorry if I missed this last night, that you predicted that we'd win all three games this week? That he did. Ah. Okay. Well, what Saturday we have Brooklyn, Brooklyn off a losing streak without KD. Off a loss to Detroit. Yeah, losing streak. They lost to Philly last night. It's winnable. It's winnable. It's winnable. Brooklyn's really Brooklyn's still good. They do a lot of things well. Um Kyrie double checking that they don't have a game before then. Kyrie is playing at a really high level. Um winnable game. Busy? Hey, if you predict this 3-0. You should you should gamble more, my friend. Actually, don't. <laughs> but maybe you should. Maybe no, you should. Listen, it's, it's, I don't want to legal. encourage this behavior. It's listen. legal, and if you go go within your limit and do it responsibly, do it respond. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah. So I just want you to have the the money to be able to come on here and contribute and and make some great comments that you're making. So don't yeah. lose it all. But hey, man, you're on a you're on a good run. It, look, if they go three and zero, busy, 
I, you'll be the first one I go to to congratulate. Yeah, and shout out to our friends at any sports book that wants to jump on the Knicks Film School sponsorship train in the future. We encourage sports gambling. That wasn't the, a knock. I was literally just trying to go for the joke there. <laughs> I'm very, we're, we're open for business, potential sports book in the future. Absolutely. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? I get extremely busy this time of the year. I'm watching basketball games, recording podcasts, and brainstorming ways to trade your favorite Knicks. So I try to save time and skip the grocery store when I can. No matter what your lifestyle... Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Paired by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, there really is no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, 
and living your best year ever. Don't hesitate. Head to factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Frank Sound. Let's go, Nick's Benji. Thanks for the film stuff, man. It's my pleasure. I love to do it. I do it because um, people seem to like it. And I hope that I'm able to teach some stuff to people um, or um, you know, provide a perspective and, 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 and an interest in the game that I very much love a lot. Um, and that's why I do it. So I'm glad you're enjoying. Thank you for supporting my work. And thanks to Nick's Film School for the opportunity to present that work on a pretty, you know, on a larger platform than I ever thought I'd be able to do it. So I appreciate it, Frank. Thank you. TK, thank you for the contribution, TK. Wins against Boston are extra special. Damn right. I don't care how bad RJ was the first 48 minutes. I always believe in his clutch ability in all caps. Randall was a beast. He is an all-star. Look, cosine, all three points. Wins against Boston are extra special. Check. Uh, I, I don't co-sign. I don't care how bad RJ was in the first 40 minutes. I do care. I do care. So I'm going to push back on that one. But I always believe in his clutch ability. I do. He's made a lot of big shots for the Knicks in three in four years. There weren't many big shots to be had as a rookie, but in the last three years. Randall was a beast. Absolute beast. Just a beast. Just miserable to try to guard that guy because you're going to get hurt. Um, so beast is the right word. Thanks, TK. Vincent Russo, Benji, you're the best, bro. Thank you. You're the best, Vincent. What a game. Randall's so, so dominant at times. I hope he keeps it together. Him plus a star, we can make noise, right? It's an interesting question, Vincent. <laughs> what kind of noise? Um, man, I have to see it. I have to see it for a stretch here. From I have to see this year. Honestly, maybe I have to see next year. Like I have to see Julius be good for two years in a row <laughs> to fully believe that he is a consistent star that you can build around. Um, I still have my doubts as well as he is playing right now. And I only have praise for him. I haven't criticized him once tonight because um, he doesn't deserve any criticism. But I have my concerns. I do have my concerns with him as a, as a building block and as a playoff piece and all of that. Um, but Hey, you add a star to this team. That's better than Randall. Yeah, man, they have all the pieces. The, the funny thing about this roster is they have all the supporting pieces that you want without other than the big wing, like the theoretical cam reddish piece that they're missing. But otherwise, like they're a star away from being like a true star away from being a yeah potential Eastern conference finals team. Absolutely. You add someone better than Randall to this very roster with the role players they have in IQ and in Grimes and in Brunson, who's a borderline all-star, not really a role player. He's better than that. And you add, and if you internally continue to internally develop RJ Barrett and you just added a star without giving any of that up. Yeah. You make some noise. Absolutely. Thanks, Vincent. Austin Z. Thank you, Austin, for the contribution. Unbelievably hype. Yeah. Me too, man. Down the stretch of regulation, you see the value of a top 10 player when everything goes to ISO. Still got to find a way to get better looks. Yes. Yes, you do. But again, there are ways to get into your isolations that are more effective than how the Knicks are getting into their isolations. I, I believe that strongly. The Knicks do have... Brunson's a really good isolation player. He's, he's a top-tier isolation player. Now, he's not, say, Jason Tatum. Like, man, one thing we haven't even talked about yet. Tatum missed a really good look on a really nice step back to win the game at the at regulation at the buzzer. Well, I guess they got the offensive rebound and then got blocked, but that's, you know, the ability to create that shot, that clean of a look in an isolation setting, which is what he did is unique to the best players in the league. You're right on that Austin and, and Tatum showed it there. He missed that shot, which is a very makeable shot for him. Um, but I still think there are ways, and I think even the Celtics get into their isolations in a better way than the Knicks do. And even though they have better isolation players, they have Jason Tatum and they have Jalen Brown. And I still think they run better stuff. Think about the play that got, think about the play that got Jalen Brown 
the 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 ISO. They ran an inbounds play, cleared the rest of the floor to get Brown the ball one on one on RJ in the corner with space. That's intelligence. That's getting an isolation in a favorable spot on the floor. That's what the Knicks need to do more of. That's what Tibbs needs to draw up more of. Like that's where I think the criticism is legitimate. Like you, you have to come up with a bit more creativity, even if it's going to end in isolation. Let there be more creative and effective and well-positioned isolations. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, but thanks, Austin. It's a great comment. Josso Focus, thank you for coming back again. Since John not here, I'll say it. Y'all better not say a thing about Tibbs tonight. Not many coaches that would have won this game. We've already had the conversation, John. I don't know when this 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 was written, but uh, sorry. I, I mean, I think overall, look, I, I as I said, I think you have to overall, if you're being honest and objective about it, be pretty positive about where the team is. And I think the coach gets credit for that. Um, and I think that's the main point to be made. And I think they're fair criticisms to be made as well. And I think I've already made them. Thanks, Joe. A.E. Kennedy, thank you for the contribution. If Randall isn't... Oh, I lost it. There it is. If Randall isn't an all-star, it's straight Nick's hate. Who is stopping that man other than himself? I don't, I don't think it's straight Nick's hate. I don't. I don't, I don't believe that. I think um, it's a really good conference with a lot of excellent ballplayers. It has nothing to do with Nick's hate. And I will say that Randall, who's been amazing, the first month of the season was not. I think that's also important when you talk about All-Star. And so that said, here's the best argument for Julius Randall. He plays every game and he plays every minute. And a lot of the guys that will probably make it over, over him, unfortunately, have not played a lot of games. Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Kyrie. Kyrie is already in as a fan vote. Um, so like, that's a shame because you wish that they'd award, especially in, with, with the NBA dealing with the issue of player rest, it being a hot topic issue right now. You do wish that they'd award games played and Julius has not missed a game. And I think that's really awesome and huge, but I don't, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's Nick's hate. I think it's a really good conference with a lot of really good high pedigree basketball players. But thanks, A. I understand the sentiment nonetheless. TK is back. Thanks, TK. Regardless if this team goes into the postseason fully healthy, we will go down swinging against the best of them. I'm very confident of that. Hey, man, would I love to see this team in a playoff series. I would love to see it. Uh, it would just be so exciting, and I think the fans deserve it. And it makes, look, the mediocrity it makes the mediocrity palatable. If you try to be mediocre and you don't get the reward at the end of a playoff series, it really sucks. Cause that's really where you don't want to be as a franchise. Like if they lose in the play, I'll be excited to watch a playing game too. But if they like lose the first playing game and that's it, man, it's hard to feel like you did the most with the season you could have. It's almost like, well, what was this all for? You really want to see this team get in the playoffs. That would be awesome. Um, and so, and here's what I agree with you, TK. Look, one thing I said about the Knicks since they got Brunson, they're hell to deal with, man. Because you have three dudes in RJ, in Randall, and in Brunson who are so strong and are just going to drive down your throat over and over again into your body. Like, that hurts. It hurts to play the Knicks. They're strong and they're relentless. And teams don't want to deal with that. Uh, on a on a night to night basis, so I agree with you there. They'll go down swinging because they give out they give a ton of effort and they're annoying as hell to play against. Um, and so that'll be it'll, it. would be great to see. I hope we get to see it. Thanks, TK. Busy's back. Thanks, busy. Since you want to talk about IQ, how about him? Q being the defense somewhere in between seven eight minutes, he points away from JB, forcing ball handles away from him, so offense goes away from him. He points away from JB. So I assume that's Jalen Brown. Forcing ball handler away from him. So offense goes away from him. Um, I don't know the exact player you're talking about. Busy. Uh, if you want to DM me the, a clip, I'd love to see what you're talking about. Um, but what I can respond to your comment with is. Yes, he QBs the defense because he is so darn smart on the defensive end. He knows what he wants to do. He, he, 
it's hard for perimeter defensive players to dictate the action. And just from how smart he is and how quickly he moves and rotates, he actually dictates actions and where the next pass is going to go. That's how good he is on defense. And he's improved as an on-ball defender too. Like this guy, he's, man, he is such a good, I don't think it's crazy to say that one day, I don't think it'll be this year just based on minutes. And like, I don't know if he's in the conversation enough yet. I don't think it's crazy to think of him as an all defense possibility one day. That's how good he is on that end. Thanks, Busy. Josh, so focused. Oh, we're still at the end. Oh, Andrew, we're still at the intro comments. All right, I got to move these. <laughs> what a happy intro. <laughs> Thanks, Ja. Uh, I tried to, I mean, what's not to be happy about? It's an awesome win. It's an awesome, awesome win. Um, and a lot to be proud of and happy about with this team right now. Thanks, Ja. Dom Cappuccini. Thank you for the contribution. Unfortunately, Fubo kept me away from the Knicks. Oh, no TNT. So I take it. Hashtag we back again. I hope I pray. LOL. Yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't get to watch this game. That's a bummer. That's a real bummer. And Fubo stinks. Um, and I'm mad at them. But I would recommend NBA.com puts out a great highlight package. It's on YouTube. Gives you a lot of the game. And um, follow Nick's Film School and you'll get a lot of takeaways and reactions and film from us. So that's how you'll catch up. But uh, yeah, it's an awesome win. We back. Absolutely. We back. Randall's back. We back. It's all good. Thanks, Dom. Kevin Danishevsky's back. Thank you for making the IQ six man of the year case. In my opinion, he won't win, but hell, he'll deserve it. Great plays by RJ at the end, but I still think I'd rather OG on the team than him. Oh, Kevin. Um, you're welcome for making the IQ six man of the year case. If he keeps this up, I think he'll get in the conversation. He just has to keep it up. Uh, great plays by RJ at the end for sure. You'd rather OG on this team than RJ. In terms of the role that each player would play, I think I agree just based on the fit with Randall and with Brunson. However, I'm a little lower on OG than maybe consensus. I don't see like a borderline all-star anywhere in that player. And I still believe in RJ's ceiling as a borderline all-star. And so I don't want to give up on RJ for OG, like straight up. Like, I don't think that's the direction this team should go. I hear what you're saying just from a fit perspective. Although I think OG probably wants to do more than he's doing right now in Toronto. And I don't really want him to. Um, so who knows what OG you get here in New York. So I get the, I get the comment. I agree on a fit perspective because that defense, they need a defensive stopper, a big defensive wing stopper, which OG is and RJ is not. And in terms of just like a fit catch and shoot kind of guy, instead of RJ who needs the ball a little bit more and is forcing it a little bit and all that, I agree. But I, I, I still believe in RJ. I don't want to give up on that player yet for a guy like OG. Thanks, Kevin. Jim Simonetti. Thank you, Jim. Macri hiding after his RJ tweet. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> look, man, <laughs> I think I said that was a brutal RJ stint, and it was. And even I got some flack for that, which, whatever, I can deal with it. I'm, I'm just honest, you know. Macri, <laughs> Macri gets a little bit more um, dramatic about it. And uh, man, did he take some flack on the Twitter. Boy, he wasn't feeling well before. Imagine how he felt after that. Um, you guys, should, uh, it's probably not you guys, but people should take it easy on, on John. John's, John's awesome at this and he's really smart. And he's most of the time just trolling too. What's that? What do you mean take it easy on John? No. He's not. He's he not should wake, well. Fine, turn your phone off. He should wake up to every single notification, just saying hashtag Why do you hate RJ Barrett? Uh, just clip the final couple minutes. Man, of some game. of those quotes were. Bru- I went through the. I went through the QTs, which I yeah. shouldn't have. I hope John didn't. Uh, I hope he didn't too. <laughs> I listen. Two things can be true. He is brilliant at this, and <laughs> like he's he's a good person. Like, be he's somewhat respectful about it. Also, yeah, he took it. He took it to a place. He may double, He may need to, you know, mute that thread if he, t- if he, he, he wants to it, avoid the venom. You know, he, he took it to a place, and he didn't need to take it to that place. Uh, but it's all it's all good. It's all good. 
my read of it is you got to understand since this man was drafted, RJ Barrett, we have been told he is the prince that was promised. He is. I know him. And John was one of the first publicly to be like, there's some some efficiency issues. I got questions about that. Yeah. I don't see him being a number one option on a good team. Then it was a number two option on a good team. And then he anytime he brings up a comp, it's like, you're stupid. Why do you hate RJ Barrett? Which is where that joke came from. So this is him playing along. But tonight, RJ gets the last laugh. And we all get to do it with RJ at Jonathan Macri's expense. Let me give you a parable. Oh, this is what RJ Barrett is. Okay. I have a son. I have a son who's four and a half years old. When you have a firstborn son, you have certain expectations of what that's going to be and what that relationship's going to be. And when that son, God, let me, let me, I should preface this. I love my son more than anything in the entire world. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they're, they're, they're people on their own and they have their idiosyncrasies and things you just didn't expect, complications in your relationship that you didn't expect. They like certain things that you thought, they don't like things that you thought they like, or they like things that you don't like. And, there's a disappointment, even though they didn't do anything wrong. It's just who they are. But it's like, it's your firstborn son, and you had dreams of what it would be like. You'd just be like frolicking in the fields and having catches every day. But it's not like that. Sometimes they call you a poopy head, and you end up having to put them in their room. <laughs> this, is, this is Knicks fans' RJ Barrett. Like, he's the firstborn son. He's the third pick. He was, he was the great hope. And you had certain expectations and a dream of what that relationship would be. And that dream was this man is going to be an all-star by his third year and he's going to rise into stardom and he's going to be the person to bring us to a place we haven't been in a very, very long time. And there's a disappointment that comes with a development arc that hasn't quite gone that way. And it's been slower and a bit painful and up and down. And there are complications and idiosyncrasies and unique elements to him. And they're disappointing. They are. Mm-hmm. And you feel it in a way you wouldn't feel it about somebody who's not your firstborn son or the third pick. And that's what I think it is. And that's what I, I mean, I, not just for John. I think for a lot of people who are so disappointed sometimes by him, it's almost an unfair curve because of the expectations were so high and the dreams that we had for this guy. And sometimes it's not fair. I think sometimes it is fair. And I think on the other side of that, we can get a bit, um, have our head in the sand about his flaws. And I don't think that's the right approach either. But I do think there's a balance to be struck like in anything else. And he's unique in that sense and that he was the guy that was supposed to just rise before us and, and, and take us there. You know, John just texted me. I guess it's a good thing. I haven't checked my mentions. <laughs> so keep him coming, folks. He's not even checking him. Don't worry about it. Yes, I feel sorry for you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> that's exactly how that's going. Um, uh, excellent, yeah, so, excellent parable, by the yeah, way. Thank you. Angie. Yeah, listen, it's personal, but it is what it is. Yeah, so Macri is hiding. The answer is apparently Jim. The Macri yeah. is in fact hiding. <laughs> you called it, Jim. You called it. Hey. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the contribution. Lucas, Randall is the version you would get if you tried to buy LeBron off Wish. <laughs> this is a tremendous comment. <laughs> <laughs> Up those Nickies. Best win of the season. Yeah, I got nothing to add. Lucas. Who was it? Someone co-sign. said it a couple of years ago about Alec Burks. Alec Burks, uh, 77% loading. Yeah, I think on, it was uh, Terry and Trey that it was like <laughs> someone was trying to upload a superstar <laughs> and he got paused on 73% and or 77% and then they just unplugged it and put the it's player so into good. the NBA. It's so yeah, good, man. That's Julius Randle. They tried to create recreate LeBron James, got to about 75%, just unplugged it and said, fine, he's done. And now we got Julius Randle. That's amazing. Lucas, that's a, that's a comment of the night right there. I know John likes to put a comment of the night. There it is. Lucas, you whinge. Well done. All right. What do you got? Red Saracek. Oh, okay. So, so John, Red Saracek has started commenting recently, I think. Uh, you guys should know that Red Saracek is a legendary figure in the history of New York sports. He was the head coach of the Yeshiva, the first head coach of the Yeshiva Maccabees, my alma mater, the team that I played for. Um, but he was a legendary figure in all of New York sports. He was close friends with the coach of St. John's at the time. He is a he developed a lot of basketball principles that we still hold by today in terms of offensive movement. Brilliant, brilliant basketball mind. Um, 
there's a tournament that's played a high school tournament that's played every year after that that's named after him the Sarachek tournament red Sarachek is a legend so this person that's commenting his name is not red Sarachek, but he's playing tribute to red Sarachek, and i appreciate that red Sarachek. i appreciate you paying tribute to the great Red Sarachek. All right. Thank you for your contribution. Not many like Jules who plays every game and scores. In today's world of Load Manny, I like that. Abbre- I like that. Uh, I like that abbreviation, Load Manny. It's a rare breed. Love Hector Zeroni staying in through it all. Nope. Don't know what that means. Andrew, any help? Hector Zeroni. No. All right. Gonna, well, I, I knew I'm Red Sarachek. Back. I'm going to Google that and be back with you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I can't help you with the Hector Zeroni reference, but yes, yes. As I mentioned already, you're hundred percent right. You got to give props to a guy who plays every day. And just for that purpose, I hope he makes the all-star team. Cause again, the league needs to incentivize guys who play every night. Cause this league, their biggest problem right now is that dudes play every other night and it's not okay. So for that reason alone, I hope Julius makes the all-star team. Thanks red. I'm back. So Hector Zeroni. Remember the movie, we referenced it the other night, the movie Holes? Yes. With Shia LaBeouf. I love Holes. I read the okay. book. Um, I forget the kid's Louis, name Louis in the Louis Satchar? Zero. Yes, Zero. Uh-huh. Zero. His real life name is Hector Zeroni. Ah, uh, so he's Sims. Jericho Sims is Hector Zeroni. It's a great call. Zero does look like, like Jericho Sims. Mm-hmm. Though I will say that it was a great book first. Holes is an adapted screenplay. Mm. The book by Louis Satchar is his name, I think. Great author. Great book. Great movie. And, Lewis, and Jericho, Sims, Jericho Sims does look a whole lot like Hector Zeroni. So thanks that he that. does. I know he got a lot of the Corbin Blue stuff from High School Musical, too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. His, his facial expressions, man, that guy, he always looks so disappointed in himself. He, he needs to smile more. Like that might also be his happy. Like it, he doesn't have. Yeah, he's like the most stoic person I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. And I, did I talk about? Yeah, I talked about since the beginning. I really thought he grew into that game. In a very impressive manner, and talk about development. That's a really hard offense to guard for a center. And he, I thought he did great. He did have one possession in overtime where Brunson handed it off to him, or uh, got it down low to him, and then he got flustered and just threw it to nobody. Yes, yes, that did happen. This is where I'll recommend people watching the playback because our reaction was just like, <laughs> "That this is it? Like we're just throwing it to nobody now? That's the play." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was rough. But he also had a sick offensive rebound and dunk late he in that did. game. He did. Um, good job by Jericho. I thought it was a good performance. Thanks, Red. 